Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. He's young and he's, he's sharp and he's, he's, got, you know, he's got all the energy in the world, but he don't know nothing. He needs that 51-year-old man to say, hey, bro, let, me, let, me, let me help you out. Let me show you how it's done. Let me tell you what I did. When I, was, I remember when I was 25 and I came in here and I did it like that. I mean, you just, they can just help them out. And they have, they have stuff to pass down. Make sure that you don't let the enemy trick you out of your season, whatever age you're at right now, that there's something for you to do for the Lord in this season. God uses people of all ages and maturity levels with widely varying talents, skills, and personalities. He gifts us in different ways. And as you develop in your faith, you'll find that he uses you in new ways. As Pastor Bill will warn in today's message, you may have a tendency to write off others or write yourself off as not being usable by God. But that's never true. Submit yourself to Him and be intentional about seeking out His will for your life, no matter what stage of the journey you're in. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 8 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I'm reading this and I'm like, I think God's... I don't know if he's proud, but God's claiming them. Anybody here that, you know, maybe when you first got into a relationship with somebody and you want to make sure everybody else knew that they were yours. Um, I know women don't typically do that, but I, I actually, 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 <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but um, men more so. I, I've seen more men kind of claim their territory, claim their woman, make sure people know. And here the Lord is saying, I'm claiming them. Like, these are mine. I don't want there to be any mishap. I don't want you to misunderstand their mind. He uses the word minds. They're wholly set apart from me. All mine. And verse 17 now. For all the firstborn among the children of Israel are mines. Says it again. Both man and beast. On the day that I struck the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them to myself. I want to stop there for a minute. Some people have a hard time with this aspect of who God is, right? When you look at the, all the firstborns that died in Egypt, right? Um, for some people, they would look at that and say, that was the, the devil did that. The enemy did that. But I just want to point out right here that God says, on the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, he did that. He claims it, right? Some people have a hard time with that aspect of who God is. Um, some people will look at that and say, oh, I can't serve a God like that. Um, but then we know the Bible says that God is absolutely just and fair and righteous. And I just want, I, I don't ever want to be at a point of judging God, but I just want to point that out. Right. God did that. God struck them. God said, look, that, that this is I'm dealing with Egypt right now. I'm dealing with those that worship idols and reject me. And this is where I'm dealing with them right now. All the all their firstborn die. Right now, I passed over you guys. You guys made it. And in, in doing so, I've now set apart the Levites for myself. I don't have a problem with that. I just want you to read it and be aware that, you know, God is, there's a, the goodness of God, but there's also an aspect of God, the severity of God. People love to talk about the gracious, loving, kind, gentle Jesus, but people get very uncomfortable over here where it's like, man, there's also a side of God where God did, God gets down. God disciplines. He punishes. Um, there's a scripture in Exodus 15, verse 3. Um, says it, 
going to read it to you guys so I don't mess it up. Exodus 15, 3. It says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Um, I don't know. Some people are uncomfortable with that. I don't like war. I don't think God is in the war. I don't think there should be war. And you read Exodus 15, 3, and God says, the Lord is a man of war. Doing, he, God, God does war, you guys. He does it. There's battles that take place. There are things that must be done. So I just want to be comfortable with who God is, all of who he is, right? I don't want to create a God that I'm comfortable with that's not the God of the Bible. I got to be comfortable with all of who he is. Yes, he's loving and gracious and merciful and all those things. But, but there is a time that comes where God says, look, I, I, I go to war too. I discipline. Um, I do all those things. So just want to point that out. Verse 18 now. I have taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn of the children of Israel. And um, initially all the firstborn of the children of Israel to be given to the Lord. But God says now that's no more. Now instead the Levites are mine. They're going to be set apart for my service. Verse 19. And I've given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel to do the work of the children of Israel in the tabernacle of meeting and to make atonement for the children of Israel, that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near the sanctuary. That is really cool here. God had given the responsibility of the tabernacle and all these things to Aaron and his sons. Uh, there's no way Aaron and his sons are going to be able to manage all this by themselves. And so here it says, I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel. This is interesting to me because first God had Aaron offer them up to the Lord as a wave offering. Three times he did that. Aaron's responsibility was to offer them up to the Lord, to tell them what to do, to prepare them to be cleansed, to ceremonially prepare them in every other way to get the sacrifices together for them. Aaron's job initially was to prepare them to be offered to the Lord. Now it says in verse 19 that now God has given the Levites to Aaron and his sons as a gift to help him do the work. And I wrote down in my notes that we can't outgive God. First, Aaron offered them up to the Lord. Now God says, now I'm going to give it back to you. They're going to now, the, the very thing that you just offered up to me in worship, the wave offering you offered up to me, as you were obedient to do what I told you to do, and you offered that up to me, and they're mine, and I want them, and I care for that. God says, now... Now I'm giving them to you. They're going to help you do the work that I've called you to do. Um, notice Aaron's not being given something. This is not for nothing. When God, God's giving them something with purpose. I'm not giving them to you so you can be a big baller and you can go get some free stuff. God, I'm giving them to you to help you do the work that I've called you to do. So many times we want things from God that don't have anything to do with his purpose in our lives. We can want strongly desire and want things that God's like, that was that gonna how's that gonna help you fulfill my purpose? I just want to point out here that as Aaron was obedient and gave what God was calling for him to give, that God says, now I'm gonna give you what you need. I'm gonna give you these guys. I'm giving them to you as a gift. They're going to help you with everything that I've called you to do. And so in the New Testament, if you're writing notes, write down Ephesians chapter four, verses eight through twelve. And similar thing in the New Testament that God has given gifts in his body, that his work might be done in the church. And in Ephesians 4, start at verse 11, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, 
for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so in the same way here that God has given them to you for this purpose, God has given to the church these gifts. Uh, within the church, there's, there's a different minister gifts, ministry gifts for the building up of the saints, for the work of the ministry, that God's work might prosper, that God's work might go forth. Right here, these guys are given to Aaron, not for Aaron, but that the work of God might continue to go forth. And that's what God wants. God says, I want my work to go forth. God, I have a good work. It's an important work. My work deals with people getting right with me, people coming to the tabernacle of meeting to meet with me. And you guys are going to facilitate that, you Levites. Well, in the church, God has given gifts and people, as they're using their gifts in obedience to the Lord, um, their gifts end up being used in a way that prepares other people, helps other people to meet the Lord, help other people to be built up. Evangelists help people to come to know the Lord. Pastors and teachers help teach people about the Lord. Um, those that exhort are exhorting people in the Lord. Those that are all the different gifts in the body are being used to help people know him better, to come to know him, to grow in him. It all points back to him. His work's being accomplished. So, so I encourage all of us here. It's a strong exhortation that we would seek God for for wisdom, for knowledge of our gifts and that we would yield them to him. They're for him. God, you gave me that gift to give it back to you for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of other people. For you guys who were with us, we went through the series on gifts. The purpose of every gift is to glorify God and edify others. That's it. If my gift is all for me, something wrong with that gift. The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit glorify God and they edify others. That's their sole purpose. So if I have spiritual gifts, they should build you up and glorify God, not me. They should be used in such a way that that's what takes place. If you have spiritual gifts and everybody saved does, they should be exercised and used in a way that glorifies God and ministers to other people. And in doing that, we're all when the church all comes together, if, you could, if everybody here, and this, this is not a big group, but if everybody in this group was to be in touch with what their gifts are, and those would come here and, and maybe some of you would come and and just be an exhorter. You'd be encouraging your, your brother, your sister that needs to be encouraged today. Some of you might come and, and the Lord's giving you a, a word of wisdom or something like that. And you share it with someone and it just just what they needed to hear today. Someone else might be here. and You just have a heart for prayer and you, you just, you're just in touch with the Lord in that way. And you know when to grab someone and pray for them. If everybody just came together and we just use her every time we came together, we'd all walk out just like, whoa, I'm so edified, you know. And some days you'll come into the gatherings like this and you need. And there'll be people that, that the Lord uses to meet you with what you need. And other days you'll come and God says, now you're going to give today. Today I'm going I'm to do this through you to help them. And some days both will happen. Some days you're going to give and receive. Um, and that's why we're not supposed to stay away from gatherings like this and fellowship. We need it. Um, but one of the things that's supposed to happen is our gifts are supposed to be in operation, in use. That others might be built up. So, so be encouraged for you guys that have gifts. And I, when I, when I, what I do want to encourage, this is what came to my mind as I was preparing and looking at this, so I'm going to say it. I believe that there are times when in our midst, there are people with gifts. God is speaking things to you and revealing things to you and stirring things up in you. And you come in and you sit there and God's showing you. And you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm going to say it. Maybe I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm going to say it. And you don't. You just come and you, 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 God's there working and stirring that up. And, and you're just like, oh, maybe. But you start, this is what you'll start doing. But they're going to think I'm crazy. 
They're going to stay going. They, no, I don't know. No. And you can talk yourself out of it and go home with it. This is the only way to confirm that it's from the Lord. Some boys, you got to step out and share it. Say it. Now, if you step out, share it and say it, and you might be blown away to find out, oh, wow, that's just what they needed. Wow. If I had held that back, um, you know. So I, that's just a word of encouragement because I believe there are people in our midst, Thursdays and Sundays, that God is doing all kind of stirring up and popping and moving. And you just come in, you feel it. You, God's moving, you're speaking, and there's clarity. You know you should and you don't. And somebody didn't get built up. Somebody didn't get edified. Somebody, somebody missed what you had. Or maybe God had to send through another vessel that was going to be more obedient. So be encouraged, right? That's you. God speaks things to you. Just see how he might use it, right? The only way you know is to go ahead and step out. Let him confirm it or deny it. But, but, but be obedient. You'll be blessed. God will be glorified and people will be edified. They'll be blessed. They'll be met by the Lord. Amen. Verse 20. Thus Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So the children of Israel did to them. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to point out that in the verse 19, um, as God told Aaron, I'm giving them to you as a gift. He also gave purpose. He said that there may be that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near the sanctuary. So if they were to come near the sanctuary in an unfit manner, um, God's saying plague would break out. Y'all would become sick. I would deal with you. You can't just come into my presence any kind of way. But the Levites being there doing their job would be there to help the priests who are doing their job that people would be made right to be able to come before the Lord. So, so that there wouldn't be plague that would break out. And just the, the correlation for you and I, because we also just are not supposed to come before the Lord any kind of way. Um, we're, we're, not, we're not able to just walk in any old kind of way. But what God does for you and me, right, is the blood of Jesus does what for us? Cleanses us of all sins. First John 1, 7, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sins that we might be able to go in into his presence and interact. And so we want to be clean and be right as well. So moving on now, thus Moses and Aaron and all the congregation did according to the what the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So the children of Israel did to them and the Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes and Aaron presented them like a wave offering before the Lord and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. After the Levites went in to do their work in the tabernacle of meeting before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. And I just want you to see the obedience is continuing. Verse 23. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and I just this is maybe this is just me being picky or, you know, looking maybe I'm looking too far. But I noticed this every time they it mentions they were obedient. It says then. And then it's like a, it's a, it's, it's, it means that now we're moving forward. Then, after, after what? After, right after it says they were obedient, it just keeps saying, then this happened. And I, I, that just kept sticking out to me as I read through this chapter. That it's after obedience here, then God moves on to the next thing. And I do think that that's a big deal for us. That it's after we're obedient, wherever God's speaking to you today, then, then God will continue to speak about whatever the next thing or the next things are in our lives. So verse 23, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is what pertains to the Levites 
From 25 years old and above, one may enter to perform the service in the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Um, for you guys that were here earlier in our study of Leviticus, we know that they're able to start serving at 30. Um, but they're able to come in, they're able to come in at 25. And again, from 25 to 30, it's like an apprenticeship. They're learning. Uh, they're not, they're, they're, they're learning there how to serve, um, the Lord in that way, but their actual, the actual time where someone would serve as, uh, Levi would be ages 30 to 50. So they're able to come in at, at age 25 years old, uh, and above, one may enter to perform the service of the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And at the age of 50 years, they must cease performing, and I circled the word this. They may cease performing this work and shall do no more work. And so once someone becomes 50, they've been serving as a Levite, they've, they've finished their time serving as a Levite in this way, so now they can no longer serve in this way. Um, but again, I want to point out that it didn't mean that they didn't continue to serve because the next verse says, they may minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of meeting to attend to needs, but they themselves shall do no work. No work. Thus, you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. And I want to just point this out. I think it's important that there's a work to do for God at every stage of life. Some people think, oh, I can't serve God. I'm too young. You know, when I get a little older, then I'll really get into serving God. Wrong. Folks, serve God in your youth. We need you young people. Um, you got no time. You got all kind of time, all kind of energy. Um, young people need to serve God now while they're young. So we need to encourage our kids. I'm, I'm trying to do a, a better job with my kids of not holding them back because of age. You want to serve God like that? Okay. Let me encourage you to serve God like that and, and just see what God does. But not holding people back because of age. God wants them to serve him young, right? There's not an age. What's too young to serve God? I can't find that verse. I can't find it. It's not there. So there's not an age. You're never too young. Um, you can be too disobedient. You can be too uncommitted. You can be too unsurrendered. You can be too carnal. But you can't be too young or too old or too middle-aged to serve God. So God would like people to serve him when they're young. In the middle, there's, God wants you to serve him in the middle. And what about when you're old and seasoned? You have better be passing it down to the next generation. What the enemy does to young people is tells them, you have time for that later. And what the enemy does to older people is says, they don't want to hear what you got to say. And the enemy wants to shut us down at every point. But may I stir, encourage, challenge the older people that you take an active role in pouring into the next, that you wouldn't just watch them fail at the things that you failed at, that you wouldn't just watch them make the same mistakes, that you would, you would take your wisdom, you would take your experience, you would take what God has shown you and you would share with them. That's what the guys that have served, the guys that have served from 20, they've been there from 25 to 50. They've had 25 years of tabernacle ministry, 30 years um, from 30 to 50, 20 years of active service. That's a that's a wealth of, of knowledge. And so when a guy comes in at 25 and he's young and he's he's sharp and he's he's got, you know, he's got all the energy in the world, but he don't know nothing. He needs that 51 year old man to say, hey, bro, let me let me let me help you out. Let me show you how it's done. Let me tell you what I do when I was I mean, when I was 25 and I came in here and I did it like that. I mean, you just they can just help them out and they have they have stuff to pass down. Make sure that you don't let the enemy trick you out of your season, whatever age you're at right now, that there's something for you to do for the Lord in this season. Amen. And so, um, again, the last verse 26, um, for, for those that are no longer serving the 50, those over 50 that they may minister 
with their brethren in the tabernacle. So they can still be in the tabernacle. They can still serve. They can attend to, to needs that arise, um, but they're no longer going to do the previous work. Thus you shall do. Thus shall, I'm sorry, thus you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. And so from the very beginning, as we looked at the lamps and how they're put forth in the front, just a reminder to all of us that God wants his light to shine through us and we're not supposed to hide it. We're not supposed to keep it on the low. God says, look, let your light shine. Don't hide it under, but let it shine. That, that, that let them see your good works that they may glorify your father in heaven. Don't hide your light. And so if you're an undercover 007 Christian, please come out. Please don't do that. Right. God wants you to put it forth. God wants us to let our light shine for him. And it might be that in your work, you guys, you just in the way you serve, there's something different about how you serve. Like you do your good works in such a way that men will see your good works and glory. Somebody going to ask you one day, how come you don't take a break when the boss is not looking? Because I work for the Lord. How come, you know, how come you don't you don't cheat and do such and such? Because, you know, because of the Lord, you make sure you let them know that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. The only way they can glorify your father in heaven is when they ask you about what you're doing, you tell them why. And it's because of him. Sometimes they'll see what you're doing. They'll be impressed. Wow. You know, I really noticed you do that. Yeah. You know, I just got a good work ethic. And you take all the glory. Forget to forget the point of Jesus. You make sure you let them know I do. I work for the Lord. I know that's my boss, but I work for Jesus. That's my real boss. So let your light shine. Right. Don't don't hide it. Don't let it be snuffed out. Um, second, as the Levites were being uh, as this was all being prepared and God was speaking to Moses, who spoke to Aaron. We saw it throughout the chapter. Uh, there was progressive obedience. God spoke. One obeyed. The other heard. He obeyed. Then God gave him the next step as they obeyed. One thing God Continue to move them forward. Know that you can be stuck in your walk with the Lord because you disobeyed at some step and you've been stuck in disobedience. Become unstuck tonight. If there's something God's been speaking about, don't let him keep speaking about the same thing. Be obedient now. Let the Lord move through you in that way. Third, as they were the, the as the, the Levites were um, being told to cleanse themselves and they were given instruction on how to do so. Um, we talked about how important it is, not just that we understand that God cleanses us, but that there are times that we got to be responsible for what we're doing. We got to cleanse our own hands. We got to stop some stuff that we're doing. We have to be responsible too. Um, uh, first, though, second Corinthians seven, one, it was that we would, um, in the fear of God, that we would, we would, we would be clean. We would not, we would not continue in things that we shouldn't be continuing in. Next, over and over with, not over and over, but several times, God just makes it clear that they're mine. And, and he wants them to be his. Know that he loves you like that. He wants you to be his. But notice that before he can claim them as mine, they had to be separated. And we looked at 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. The same is true for you and me, that we got to be separated from this world and from the things that distract to the Lord, that we might be his. And lastly, as they offered first up the Levites to the Lord, then the Lord said, now I'm giving them back to you in service. There are going to be things that God calls you to do. And as you offer it up to him, you're going to find that what he does in response is blow your mind. That, that, that God doesn't just, he didn't just take it away. As they offered it, God offered it right back in a way that would glorify him and edify his, 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 his group. Um, and so God does the same thing through us. So um, you've been encouraged to use your gifts, to not to sit on them, but to be active and let the Lord use your gifts. And uh, I said lastly, but I'm going to say it one more time. Lastly, 
that doesn't work for you to do it every season. I don't care how old you are. There's something for you to do. Young, middle, old, something for you to do. Make sure you're doing something for the Lord that matters. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, He corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to Him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that He taught them are the same ones He teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for Him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what He's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that He was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.